This is Radio 4. In half an hour's time, it'll be 30 minutes later. But first... It's the John Dredge Nothing to Do with Anything show. What about it? Well, it's on now, isn't it? You should be more specific. The producer told me to say it, that's all. If the producer told you to leap off the top of a building, would you do it? No, but... Well, then, you should stand up for yourself a bit more. You're not my mother. Keep your elbows off the table. Greetings, puny humans, and welcome to the show. My name's John Dredge, and my left elbow makes this sound. On the show tonight, we'll be playing The Roof Tile is Right, where our contestants have a choice between glazed steel or corrugated zinc. Excuse me, John. And it also appears we'll be dealing with an unscheduled appearance from actor and general annoyance, Greg Haste. John, I don't feel I've appeared in enough sketches this series and insist that this sad fact be rectified. What do you mean you've not been in enough sketches? You were in Mrs Mackerel Destroys a Multi-Story Car Park with a Pen in Episode 4? That was cut from the running order. And you're in this one as well? Which one? The sketch we're doing now. What sketch? The Greg talks to John about not being in enough sketches sketch. This isn't a sketch, it's a conversation. Brilliant piece of improvisation, Greg. Oh, do you really think so? Yes, you genuinely seem to be annoyed. Excellent work. Oh, well, thank you very much, John. Let's just hope this sketch doesn't end up being cut off. And now, Terrifyingly Bad Productions present The Aliens That Came From A Completely Different Planet To Earth, Episode 2. The things that were to come later start happening sooner than expected. Jim... We must get away from the aliens before it's too late. Yes, Vera. We've got to get away from the aliens before it's too late. That's exactly what I just said, Jim. Not exactly, Vera. Just very, very similar. Quick. There's no time to lose. Yes, we must run back to the house before it's too late. Quite a long way from home, aren't we, Jim? Longer than I remember, Vera. Longer than I remember. Oh, here we are. No, we're not. Jim, let's stop for a moment. Good idea. On second thoughts, let's keep going. We could stop. Vera, look! The aliens are blowing up everything in their path with an optical laser beam effect added in post-production. Oh, Jim, it's all just so frightfully awful. I know, Vera. Blame the film researcher for picking out the wrong kind of stock footage. My God, 
It looks like we're the only two people left in the whole of Frinton. In that case, I might just nip in the post office while the queues are a bit shorter. Oh, but hold on. If I'm in there all morning, how will you defeat the aliens all by yourself? Let me think. Hmm. Well? I'm still thinking. Hmm. Okay, I've finished thinking. And? I couldn't think of anything. I was too preoccupied with this abandoned vehicle. We should report it to the council. Or, or we could use it to get to safety. Yes, and then report it to the council. Quick, Vera, jump in, before it's too late. And so Vera and Jim travelled to the nearby town of Clacton, where they would link up with Captain Frank Rogers of the Flying Saucer Investigations Unit, before it was too late. I'm afraid it's just as you suspected, Jim. You mean... No. Uh. No, the aliens have indeed destroyed the whole of Frinton. It's a miracle you both escaped unharmed. Luckily, we were able to get out of the way. If only everyone else had thought of that. Wait, listen. Great Scott! Someone's put the wrong music on! That's better. Or is it... But Captain Rogers... Why are the aliens so hostile towards Frinton of all places? It just doesn't make sense. You know, Vera, a lot of things don't make sense in this crazy world. A purple sock that can sing the national anthem, for example. Or a fish playing the ukulele. I never thought of it like that before. Hello? Yes, I don't believe it. It can't be. Have a nice day. I've just been informed that the alien spacecraft is hovering right above us here at the Flying Saucer Investigations Unit. They must have followed us. Great, Scott! Again! That can only mean one thing! They're going to attack, and they're going to do it now! That's two things. Okay, so I was one out. But if we can attack the spacecraft with all the firepower the army possesses, we might just stand a chance. You mean... Yes. If we can attack the spacecraft with all the firepower the army possesses, we might just stand a chance. I thought that's what you meant, Jeff. Frank! Does Captain Frank Rogers really stand a chance with all the firepower the army possesses? Or is it all just machismo? Can the aliens be defeated? What will happen to Vera and Jeff? Jim! Why are there so many holes in the plot? Who put on the wrong music? And whatever happened to Jeff? Jim! No, Jeff. Oh, right. What will the council do about the abandoned milk float? Where can I find these mysterious fish that can play the ukulele? And why haven't I seen them on Britain's Got Talent? All this and much more will probably be completely forgotten about in our next catastrophic episode. From Oh Dear Games, a crazy new board game that's bound to upset the whole family. Frustrato. Each team takes it in turns to read the rules, and the first team to understand them gets to start. Can you work out what you're meant to do? I can't make sense of this at all. Give me the rules. Oh, Dad! Frustrato comes with an unusual set of pieces and accessories that look impressive in the shop, and even more impressive as they vanish up the nozzle of your hoover. What are the purple giraffes for, Dad? Well, they, uh, they're, um... Give me the rules again. Careful, Dad. Use any of the giraffes and you're out. 
Or are you? Who knows what's going on? OK, great. Finally, we're all on the board. Now we can get going. Right. I've rolled a B248F. Give me the rules again. Frustrato is guaranteed to cause more arguments than any other board game. If your family doesn't have a screaming row within the first 24 hours, we'll give you your money back. And then we'll take it away again. Frustrato. You'll laugh, you'll cry. Actually, forget the bit about laughing. You're not meant to do it like that. Oh, I don't like this game. I don't care. I bought it, we're playing it, and that's final. Oh, so shut up. Yes. Push your family's sanity to the limit with Frustrato. I, I don't want to play anymore. Frustrato. You'll wish you'd never spent so much money. You're listening to the Nothing To Do With Anything show, where later on we'll be siding with your mother in an argument. But now, it's my great pleasure to welcome to the show my next-door neighbour, Derek Dalek. Hello, Derek. Hi, John. I was wondering whether I could borrow a cup of sugar. I exterminated all the sugar in my house by mistake. Certainly, Derek. I'll get it for you in just a moment. But seeing as you're here, might I ask what you've been up to since we last spoke? Well, I haven't been getting much acting work since filming the last series of Doctor Who, but I have got an audition later on. That's marvellous news. What's it for? It's for a new stage version of Oliver. And they're looking for... for people like you, are they? Well, the producers aren't looking for Daleks per se, but they are eager not to make Fagin Jewish this time around, so I've chosen reviewing the situation as my audition piece. Don't you think it would be better to perform one of your speeches from Doctor Who? No, John. I'm typecast enough as it is. I keep being turned down for work precisely because I'm a Dalek. Perhaps you just need to get a new headshot. What's the point, John? No one ever gives me a chance anyway. I mean, don't they know how hard it is for a sensitive soul like me to deal with rejection? Don't get yourself all worked up, Derek. It makes me so mad. I want to exterminate. Now, who's going to clean that up? Sorry about that, John. I'll get a J-cloth. You've even destroyed the cup of sugar I was going to give you. Oh, sorry, I'm always doing that. Have you got another one by any chance? I'm afraid not, Derek. I don't suppose you've any odd jobs that need doing. I'm so skint at the moment, but if I could just get a few quid together, I could buy my own sugar. I'll give you a few pounds if you read this next link while I pop out for a moment. That would be great. Thanks, John. Just don't exterminate anything while I'm gone. And now, on the John Dredge Nothing To Do With Anything show, it's time to take a look at some more of your letters and emails in Dear Dredge. Thank you, Derek. Now wash your hands. I don't want to wash my hands. Wash your hands! You're not my mother. Or are you? <laughs> Narden, 
Our first letter this week comes from Ted Bogus, who says, Dear Dredge, I was listening to your show last week when you said the word deactivate atronalization. Can you tell me what it means? Well, Ted, I didn't say that word last week at all, but I'm sending you a detailed explanation of all the words I did say, along with a complimentary, nothing-to-do-with-anything show cup of sugar. You said you didn't have any left! And that music tells us we've received another letter from Mr Stick Harbottle of Leeds-on-Sea, who writes, Dear Dredge, I'm thinking of popping out later on. What's the weather going to be like? Well, Stick, I'm pleased to say that today sees the return of our resident weather forecaster and avant-garde film director, David Lynch. It's so nice to see you back on the show, David. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yes, John. I haven't been on your show since the Second World War. Really? I can't believe it's as long ago as that. It is, John, yes. Just listen to this recording. It's time now to welcome to the show Mr David Lynch. Hello, David. Hello, John. What a nice war we're having today. Have a grenade. I'll stop that there, because I have a brand new rock and roll record to play you. It's not one of yours, is it? No, John. It's performed by my new protégé. A tree! A tree? I couldn't have put it better myself, John. Sorry, a tree has made a record? Yes. I discovered it in my neck of the woods, John, and I could see that it had star potential, so I signed it to a management contract straight away. Well, in that case, let's hear it. John, get down. You know you're not allowed on the furniture. That was most unusual, David. It's the sound of 2013, John. Well, despite that terrible thought, what's the weather going to be like today? Today's weather will be dry and bright. Although there will be outbreaks of thunder, lightning and rain in the Nothing to Do with Anything show studio. There's one now! Good heavens, you were right for once. Yes, John, but during one of these outbreaks... I will unfortunately be struck by lightning. And the outlook for tomorrow? For me, sadly, much the same. the latest hit from Madonna brings us to the end of another series of the Nothing To Do With Anything show, which was written and presented by John Dredge, with the producer Richard Cray and special guests Anna Emerson and James Shakeshaft. What about me, John? Derek Dalek appeared by courtesy of Remote Control, and the shopkeeper appeared as if by magic. I appeared as well, you know. Lighting design was by James Lomesby, with the lampposts provided by Lampposts of Lambeth Limited. Why are you making up credits when you haven't credited people who actually did appear? Like Greg Haste, spelt H-A I-S-T-E, for example. The lampposts were later removed by Lamppost Removals of Lambeth Limited because we didn't need them. And lighting designer James Lomesby was fired by the head of personnel, Gladys Doig. Honestly, I never get to do any decent sketches. I'm hardly ever credited properly. And when I am, I always end up being cut out or cut off without so much. Oh, f***.